Maybe you guys have been here and I should be welcoming myself back to my own podcast because I have been a bit on the absent end. Um, Studying a lot. Studying a lot for podcasting reasons and studying a lot just for reasons of that's what I do for fun. And because I have a class that I'm involved with. And, uh, so I'm studying for class, um, finishing that thing up. Anyways, happy Hanukkah, happy first day portion of multiple days. Um, I'm not going to get into all the exact details of Hanukkah, but, um, Um, there's a song that I really like that I tend to play a lot this time of year. It's, I don't, I mean, I don't, mm. um, so sometimes it's called Hanaros Hallelu, sometimes it's Hanarot Hallelu, the way it's spelled has the letter that represents T in Hebrew at the end, but I've noticed um, for some cultural reason that I do not fully understand I think I could be so wrong on this but I think from men pronounce the um I think the letter is called a tough and they pronounce it as suff. I don't know why, but I started noticing that a long time ago. Like every time you see that letter written, it was always pronounced as a, as a, as a, as an S sound instead of a T sound. Um, and someone pointed out, um, I guess there was a, um, a video I was watching where, you know, a long time ago where this YouTuber, Heshi Freed, uh, from satire, he's really funny. Um, he's like a comedian type of guy, um, from comedian and he basically would just film like just kind of little funny rants about little uh cultural things um as someone who's not jewish i never really fully could like laugh at it because it was like it felt a little strange for me laughing at a different culture like you know it's almost like when i listen to asian comedians talking about like asian you know, themes, uh, like maybe stereotypical themes of things that they experience or like using like those kind of accents, like maybe imitating their parents or people in their communities with like a funny accent. And I'm just kind of like, uh, it's funny, but it's like, uh, (laughs) like, can I laugh if I'm, 
you know, just kind of like, like, I don't know, it kind of, for some reason, the, that religious content really resonated with me, um, even though I'm not that religion, um, but just because I'd been studying it for so long and involved with a messianic congregation for a while, uh, with the family friend rabbi and the congregation, small congregation of people and growing up Adventist, you know, you know, we have a little bit of things that get picked and chosen from the old Testament as far as the dietary related things. And as far as the, uh, Sabbath, even though we aren't really doing it exactly like as the Jewish law says and like based on how like scholars and sages would kind of explain you know the Jewish tradition like we would I would say that we do like a like a very basic version not like not to the extent that okay when you go to worship at church on the Sabbath you're like walking to church and like living within a walkable distance or not not turning on your lights or like fully never ever purchasing or buying anything um or not watching tv and all that kind of stuff like there's still especially nowadays uh I feel like with the internet people have gotten a lot more relaxed with the with not using media and I don't know any churches that really talk about I mean I'm not really like actively listening to what they're saying lately but I mean I haven't heard any churches talking about like cell phone use kind of like back in my day there was definitely the conversation surrounding television use and radio use and if you were going to use it it should be like sabbath friendly content so anything about the bible or about nature um you could kind of engage with that type of content but otherwise you know you couldn't really just be like watching mtv or something um but now that everybody has cell phones i think ever since the blackberry where people started like having their phones during church and like checking emails and stuff like that during church and like like I remember people who didn't use the internet when I was growing up like they didn't go on the internet because it was like a household desktop but yeah anyways like yeah I could I can kind of relate on that end of just being culturally surrounded by people who follow all these laws and things but you know um the from Jewish experience is a lot more um intensive so all that just talking about just like the just even down to the words the written words how they're spoken like I remember Heshi Freed was saying like as I guess he was filming a um, portion of the wedding service, I guess after the reception or so, where they were dancing, it was like a group of people dancing with the bride and groom to the Yikud room, like basically they're officially married, they're consummating the marriage, 
um and people there's like a, a procession i guess of people maybe like their friends it seemed like it was more like people around their own age because these people looked like they were all in their 20s and so one thing he mentioned is that there were men and women dancing together to the room like singing this song i don't remember what the song was it was a different song not the one i'm talking about um and they were they said that he said it was both men and women dancing together not with each other but they were dancing like in the same procession together um in this hotel i guess it was um and then they were dancing towards where the room was going to be and then um as they're all singing the song like through the hallway and stuff and then basically the women were also pronouncing that letter that's like a t they were also pronouncing it as an s sound um and i don't remember what he said about it um but i guess that was something that didn't happen as often i guess um and i don't know exactly why they they pronounce it that way um i've noticed like when I did visit a synagogue people pronounced that word I mean that letter as a T you know I think I went to a what was it um um hmm like I went it was it was a bar mitzvah for a kid or a guy who was there uh, who was a member of that congregation and um, I went for a college project we had to do these like cultural immersion immersion types of things where you'd have to go to like a cultural event so I remember I went to a powwow before and then I went to for one project and then this next project was a synagogue um, but I remember calling the synagogue and the lady was like what's your name and where do you live and like and I was telling her and she's like yeah your last name doesn't sound Jewish and I'm like yeah I'm not and she's like how far do you live and all that and I was like saying like it wasn't that far it was probably like a little bit of a drive it wasn't that far um and uh I remember I went to go pick up my friend first though and then we were running late of course because the friend was late and we went and we went into the temple and uh so basically it wasn't people in like t-shirts and shorts um I think it was conservative not reform I think that's the word I'm looking for because um, everyone had their you know like kind of like long sleeves button-ups and slacks for the guys and all had yarmulkes and then the women everyone was just kind of wearing what they were wearing but it wasn't like it wasn't orthodox or ultra orthodox it was um, you know, open to the community 
and you know it was a bar mitzvah so you know people are allowed to like invite family friends uh classmates whatever so we weren't the only like visitors there um but yeah I remember her asking like oh yeah if you live that far you probably can't walk and I'm just kind of like like I know that that's like part of a custom to like you know as part of being observant you know on the sabbath not driving to and from synagogue um but to be able to walk um and I guess I technically could have walked but it's like there's no way I was gonna walk um but anyways um yeah so this uh song piece that I like I don't really know much about it I just know that I like it I've liked it for years, probably since I was like 20-something years old, and, um, uh, so basically this, I have a, an art school weekday sitter, so a sitter is basically uh, it's like so much information for this time of morning. Um, a sitter is basically like a prayer book. It has all the prayers that a person would need for during the weekday. Um, and so, you know, it even has a little bit of holiday information. So this is the art school brand um, of the weekday sitter. Um meaning it doesn't does it let me see I don't know let me see does it so it has the weekday service the prayers that you have like when you're first waking up so the shockers for weekdays so basically like the morning service that people would pray like as davening and then Mincha for weekdays, Marv for weekdays, so it's like afternoon and evening prayers for the weekdays. Um, and then it has Hallel, Musafir of Rosh Kadesh, Hanukkah, and Purim. Um, but I don't think, let's see. Yeah, then it has Death and Bereavement. Um, I'm not going to read all the stuff that's in it, but basically it, it doesn't have the um it doesn't have the the shabbat <clears throat> the shabbat service the all the sabbath service in here um because that is a whole service itself that it has like a liturgical portion that you would basically read there's a lot of reading and a lot of reciting and chanting and uh kind of back and forth like congregation says this the leader says this the congregation says this kind of thing so all that isn't in here that's why this one's actually thinner and that's probably why it was cheaper uh but it does have the hanukkah some hanukkah stuff in it it says see haunt see art scroll hanukkah for a full commentary and the laws and customs of hanukkah so it doesn't have the full commentary and laws and customs of hanukkah um it does have basically some commentary 
So it has basically this section that says kindling the Hanukkah menorah and it's these blessings at the beginning and then um, it goes into that song that I said I liked and then this other uh, I guess the translation is Oh Mighty Rock but I don't know what uh, I don't really know that one Um, and then it has all these other I don't know what all this is it's uh, I'm still trying to figure out what it is basically (laughs) Uh, half of it's written in Hebrew, the other half is in English, and the English is like some kind of English that I find very hard to understand. It's not like King James Bible type of English. It's just it's just written in this really scholarly, strange way um, that I don't really, I'm not familiar with. Like just the flow of it is just a little odd for me. Um, it's kind of like when you read the Bible, you know, if you read like, you know, the King James version of the Bible versus the New International version of the Bible versus the, um, I mean, my favorite version of the Bible is the New Revised Standard version of the Bible. And then there's the other, uh, you know, the New Living Translation. There's all these translations and versions of the Bible. And some of them you read and it's just like reading like a flowy letter or like a story, storybook kind of thing. And some of them you read and you're like, every line you're like, I don't even know what that means. Like King James is like ultra poetic and it's just like nobody talks like that in real life. And this is kind of like in a weird way like that. Not really. It's almost written like a textbook. Um, That's the best I can describe it. It's like a textbook. Um, so basically the description for that song, uh, it just takes certain, uh, phrases and explains them. Um, and so, um, it's kind of weird to like talk about music, I think, but I think that's one thing that goes a little missing with Uh, religious type of things is people don't really talk about the meanings of the music it's just like there and people are like oh yeah there's some kind of musical component and people just I don't know the faith that I grew up in people just tend to argue about the music they weren't really too involved in uh you know diving deep into the meanings they were just like is it evil because it has a certain beat or is it can we use the drums or clap is clapping okay you know, people would be having these conversations for, like, years, and it's like, all right, but what does the song even mean, you know, so, like, um, this one kind of, it doesn't break it down line by line, but it's, like, portion, so it says, like, the part that says, upon the miracles and upon the wonders, like, basically, when it comes to Hanukkah, like, it's basically, the way I would describe it just as a basic description is a historical war um, or a historical, um, battle type of event, uh, that had some supernatural components that happened. Um, that's probably the easiest explanation that I could give. Um, and the supernatural components had a lot of significance to the Jewish people. Um, and so it says upon the miracles and upon the wonders, um, the word miracles refers to the uh, to the obvious acts of intervention of 
it says his divine providence in capital first letter capital first letters um this word can also mean banners or signposts it says for god's miracles are meant to be signposts and symbols that stand out to teach and guide us the term they have it here in hebrew for wonders describes these extraordinary occurrences in terms of their independence from the regular order of things um, and then they cite the rabbi there um, and then they have another explanation that says of part of the song that says and we are not permitted to make ordinary use of them talking about the lights um the candle lights it says it is forbidden to use the hanukkah lights for any personal purpose such as reading or doing work by their illumination um and then they cite this i don't know from shabbos 21b i don't know what book that's from um i don't know if that's from the talmud or if it's from some from uh some other book but it says lest one slight the mitzvos um and they say mitzvos instead of mitzvot but i i don't know um the prohibition against benefiting from the light makes it manifestly clear to all that they were kindled that they were kindled for the sole purpose of commemorating the miracle and so the lights are used only for you know the commemoration of the miracle that happened and not for like okay i'm lighting this menorah and gonna walk around my house and like you know um use it to like illuminate my path when i'm walking or something like that um the term for, oh, i'm reading on the other side uh, it says in compliance with the prohibition against benefiting from the light we light a shamash uh, which is literally translated as servant flame which is that first like uh, middle tall flame um, which is not holy so that any incidental pleasure that comes from the light can be considered as coming from the shamash um uh and there's one more small paragraph that talks about the part that says in order to express thanks and praise to your great name the explanation for that says um, that is by refraining from utilizing the hanukkah lights for anything but the mitzvah itself and by contemplating them while they burn uh, we make it apparent to all that our, our intent is to popularize the miracle and to praise God's great name name with a capital N um, in acknowledgement of his his with a capital H uh, great miracles and so basically all that being said the um, purpose of celebrating Hanukkah is the commemoration 
a mitzvah, uh, praising God, and yeah, just basically doing the rituals for those reasons, and to kind of uh, spread the information about it, which is interesting. I mean, I find it interesting. I find it very interesting, actually. That it does mention in the New Testament, in the Bible, in the Christian Bible, about Jesus, you know, celebrating Hanukkah. You know, a lot of places call it a festival of lights um, or feast of lights. Um, You hear that a lot, too. Um, It's kind of like a translation of of what is happening, kind of. I do find it interesting, though, that even though it does talk about Jesus being involved with it in the New Testament, I've never heard of a Christian church that actually goes too much into depth of what happens at Hanukkah or why. Like, I didn't learn. You think about all the church I went to, all the times I was in churches, multiple different types of churches, even though we had one main congregation we went to, but... I was all over LA visiting different churches and I never once heard anybody tell the exact Hanukkah story ever in a church. Like nobody ever mentioned it. Uh, they would talk basics, just about as basic as I, as I explained in the beginning about like, Oh yeah, the Jewish people do this. And like, they might mention that Jesus did it, but even during this time of year, you know, Hanukkah is, you know, uh, it follows the Jewish calendar, so it's on a certain day of, of the month of Kislev, and um, because it's a lunar calendar, it follows a different pattern, so it's not always the same as Christmas. Sometimes it starts on Christmas, sometimes Christmas is encompassed within the days, like this year, Hanukkah is December 19th, ending on December 26th, and Christmas is December 25th, and so uh, the second to last day of Hanukkah is going to be the same day as Christmas. Um, but nobody ever really in church ever really talked about, about Hanukkah, which was weird to me. Um, I found that super strange. Um, they just like breezed over it. Like, you know, like, hey, you don't need to know this. Or like, we don't want the, the way I always interpreted that wasn't that you don't need to know this. It was more like, we don't want to confuse people or for people to get too much knowledge about other cultures that seems to be dangerous in the eyes of the church for people to kind of learn different things and especially when it comes to Judaism I always found it interesting that the church doesn't really seem to want to learn about Judaism it learns about the Bible from its own kind of perspective of the Bible now the story of Hanukkah it doesn't take place in the in the Old or New Testament, but in the Apocrypha, in the Maccabees I don't know what book I'll have to get that information, but um, in the book of Maccabees I don't know I think there's like first second and third Maccabees if I'm not mistaken I could be way wrong because I'm rusty on all this but um you know, the story of the, of the Maccabees, um, it was a, uh, people, Jewish people, that was their lineage, their lineage, 
um, the Maccabees were like a group of Jewish people um, and they revolted basically and God sustained them past what was expected um, without that you know um, they likely technically would have been um, like you know in like sports or wars and this is a terrible example but there's always like the the perspective the prospect prospecting prospecting of like who who should win who should lose um like this group has all these resources or all these skills and that group has none like the maccabees weren't as uh well off and were not supposed to win basically we'll put it that way and so that's why you know this is commemorated um and it goes deep like there it just goes deep i have this episode um from way back um one of the first episodes i think i posted of somebody that i was uh you know studying with uh that congregation with rabbi greg de, de valera and um you know it was basically talking about Christmas and all those kind of things but um that you know trying trying to uh you know um cleanse the um unpurified you know sacrifice of the of a pig on the altar um, there are reasons why the Jews couldn't use their temple, um, and, you know, the Maccabean revolt was a big player in helping the Jewish people, um, to be able to better practice their faith, um, because they were being persecuted, um, it's, it's, there's a lot, and it's kind of like, okay, why do we never learn any of this, you know, like, I don't know, I feel like Christian churches need to step it up, and, like, be real, and just be like, look, if it's in there, and you're gonna say that you're gonna teach the Bible, just read the, read the Bible, and teach it, you know, don't just, like, skip things, um, but I think the reason they do that is because there's a lot that they'd have to explain, I feel like it's almost like when a parent is, like, reading, uh, like say if they're reading a story to their kid or something and the story has a lot of maybe what they would consider like adult themes and they might just like talk about it or just maybe dumb it down or make it like child friendly or skip it all together because they're like I don't want to have to explain sex to my kids or I don't want to explain drugs to my kids or like they don't need to know about this, you know, at all, or yet, or usually it's, like, yet. With kids, it's, like, they don't need to know about this yet, but I feel like churches take a stance, like, they don't need to know about this at all, and so they just don't teach things that they don't want to teach, and, you know, um, you know, I think, you know, a lot of Christians don't know about Hanukkah. I wasn't raised learning about it I knew it existed and I never knew what it was 
um, I just thought it was Christmas. I just thought Jewish people had a longer Christmas, and that's what it was. Like, I don't know what I thought they were celebrating, um, but I thought it was cool. I'm like, oh, they light candles at night for Christmas, and I just assumed they're probably sitting around a tree singing songs in Hebrew. Like, I didn't know what they were doing. Like, I had no clue. Like, but, you know, like, my vision of it was, like, very pagan style you know a pagan a pagan style worship kind of like what christians have like this kind of pagan traditions of like the christmas tree and all that kind of stuff you know um i mean i talk some of my jewish friends would do like christmas trees and christmas gifts and stuff like that um i had muslim friends that did you know christmas and stuff too I didn't know any Muslim friends that celebrated Hanukkah. So I feel like um it's kind of interesting just all these like cultural integrations and the stuff that you get to learn because they want to openly teach it and the stuff you never get to learn. Like I don't remember when it was in my lifetime when they started to um when they started to talk about the um uh what was it? I lost my train of thought. When they started to talk about, you know, instead of calling it like the work or the school uh, or the class uh, Christmas party, they started calling it the holiday party, you know, and being a little more inclusive. I feel like that started happening in my lifetime because I remember, you know, we never really considered other people like it was just like Christian Christmas like that was it you know um and you never really talked about any other things and I don't think it was because I was a kid I just think that's how society was it just wasn't very inclusive like if you were Jewish or you were Muslim or if you were not religious at all you were not getting represented um you know and even today I would still say that most holiday parties do tend to have more of a Christmas theme. I've never gone to one that was like a Kwanzaa themed, you know, holiday party or like like a, a Hanukkah themed holiday party. It's still Christmas themed. It might have a little bit of sprinkle of other stuff in there, but the colors are Christmassy. You don't see the blues and golds like you would see with Hanukkah. You don't see the, you know, African print colors like you would see with Hanukkah. You see red and green and you know I'm not saying this it's wrong or like morally incorrect or whatever like I honestly don't care I just like talking about it because I think it's fascinating and fun I love history I am a complete nerd about all this kind of stuff um I'm trying to study differently than I did before so this year I'm trying to really study um this uh sitter kind of information the stuff that I read was about the song I'm gonna post the song that I like the one that I said is by Avraham Freed um I'm gonna post that if I can find it I'm gonna try and post that episode that Heshi Freed talked about about um uh about the Yehud room with everyone dancing uh and what he said about like the letters and stuff uh and the pronunciation and the dancing of two different genders 
dancing at the same time to the room. There's like video footage of it. It's on YouTube. Like I'm not like, I mean, they, they put it for public, you know, but I think it's, to me, it's good cultural representation. It's like, okay, I'm looking at a book from an outsider's perspective. I'm seeing things where I'm like, okay, I've studied Hebrew. Not, I'm not like a scholar by any means. Like I can read it and without somebody telling me what it means, I usually don't really know unless it's stuff I had memorized and I still have contained the information, which usually I forget. But, um, yeah, I, I just like it because it's fun for me. Like I, I would rather wake up in the morning and think about this kind of stuff than turn on the news. <laughs> I mean, I'd rather just like pick up a sitter or like some kind of religious book or listen to some historical thing especially when it's going on like now I really like the here and now I mean I have some other stuff I want to talk about about Yule I've been I was actually studying about Yule Y-U-L-E more than Hanukkah which is why I'm a little slacking on my Hanukkah stuff um right now and then I'm also gonna try to see if I can find that uh, episode about um that I posted by uh, the family friend Rabbi Greg De Valera. I have my own episode of of it that I think I, I think I recorded off of my old iPhone four, because I had the audio clip saved there, and I think I put my phone side by side and recorded off of there for it was like an hour or something long. Um, a speech or a talk I don't know if it was a sermon or like a community lecture I can't remember but he was talking and he recorded it himself and shared it with us and I just like it because it's like for people who grew up in Christianity and kind of don't maybe know I, I try to listen to it once a year um, it's very it is very much from a perspective of um explaining why you know in Christianity why in Christianity people uh, practice the way that they that they do around Christmas time um, like the tree like why do we use this tree and like you know all these things that like you never see Christmas trees in the Bible you never see Christmas plays in the Bible and the manger scene and all that kind of stuff like Jesus wasn't you know celebrating the festival of lights he wasn't celebrating Hanukkah with a manger scene and a Christmas tree and if he was it wasn't in the Bible but you know all that kind of stuff came later on um with the with the Romans um I'm gonna stop because I gotta start working in like eight minutes but um I'm gonna try and find those other links to post and with that, thanks for listening.